Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Episode number 241, getting close to that 250 barrier. Before I jump in, I do have to admit a terrible mistake that I made in last week's podcast. I had said that uh, Kenyon Drake signed with... uh, with Baltimore, or but he actually signed with Indianapolis. That just shows my uh, how how long I've been an NFL fan. Because when I think Baltimore, sometimes I think the Colts right away, and so I made that mistake. And so I apologize for my mistake, but happy to admit it when I do it. So wanted to get that off the top of my head here to start. But we are in the preseason mode right here, week number three of training camps in the book. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. And every team finally played a preseason game. So I was able to watch all of the Thursday and Friday and Saturday day games, uh, but I've yet to watch the Saturday night games and the Sunday preseason games because I drove to Dallas this weekend to join my co-manager, Dave Brown, for our Reality Sports Online free agent auction draft, which is so fun. If you're not part of a Reality Sports Online league, I highly recommend it to be part of a salary cap league. It's so fun. All the free agents get dropped back into a pool of the guys that weren't signed to contracts, and you just have a draft that took several hours uh, for us. It was a blast to draft together. And so, because I had to drive to Dallas and back, that limited my ability to watch every preseason game like I like to do, but I did watch a bunch of them, watch most of the preseason games, and walked away with some takes on players who stood out, uh, whether good or bad. And so, you know, just the first preseason game, you never know what the coaches are trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish, you know, what the game plan is, you know, what the player stamp counts exactly mean. But at least we got to see some of the young players on the field for the first time. And there are a few players that really stood out to me, whether good or bad, in the games that I watched and uh, started writing them up and talking and want to talk about them now. Uh, it happens to be that most of them are quarterbacks and running backs, but that's just what stood out the most for me. So let's talk about some of the players that stood out, whether for good or bad. A lot of quarterbacks to start with here. First is C.J. Stroud. Uh, Stroud looked terrible in his first preseason game. He threw an interception. He had happy feet in the po- pocket, uh, just bailing out of the pocket almost all of his pass plays. Uh, he did have one kind of nice quick pass to Nico Collins in the first drive, but really struggled to read defenses, uh, make quick reads on every play. Just looked pretty bad. Now, rookie quarterbacks often struggle in their first you know, first season, let alone their very first preseason game. So I'm not going to try to read too much into his poor play, especially given that all the rookie quarterbacks could have looked better in their first preseason game. But Stroud you know, stood out as looking pretty terrible. Davis Mills looked a lot better when he came in the game. So much to be seen here. We'll see what happens not going to read too much into it, but he did look pretty bad. Keeping with the uh, rookie quarterback thing, and same could be true of Anthony Richardson. He threw a terrible interception on his first possession of the first preseason game. He immediately threw kind of off-platform and learned that strength is not enough in the NFL, and he learned that the hard way. Uh, he only played three possessions, but he didn't lead the team to a scoring drive at all. Uh, he did drop one kind of dime into the hands of Alec Pierce, who dropped, you know, what could have been maybe an excellent touchdown catch, if not a catch at the one-yard line. Uh, Richardson didn't do much on the ground either, but his drives were just so short that it was really just too hard to get started. I was much lower on Richardson. If you've been following me, you know that I'm much lower on him than other dynasty managers. 
and actually, you know, didn't draft him at all. And I continue to value him way less than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young uh, because they have a much better pedigree, much better college production, and draft capital. You know, though barely they beat him in draft capital. But still, they were drafted ahead of Richardson for a reason. And Richardson was still drafted ahead of all of these rookies, uh, ahead of Young and Stroud in all of my nine rookie drafts. So I'm just not buying it. Um, Didn't look good. Yeah, that was kind of what I expected. You know, like all rookies, he can improve. You know, he could prove me wrong and show me that I made a mistake by, you know, not drafting him or having him much lower in all of my rankings than everyone else. But uh, looked pretty much like I thought he would look uh, pretty terrible in his first game as a pro. Preseason game, we should say. On the other hand, Bryce Young. Uh, Young looked the most comfortable and poised of all the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, He threw... You know, passes, you know, mostly to his first reads, though a few times he progressed through his reads to find an open man. On most of his completions, his, you know, pass catchers were wide open, so you gotta gotta take that into account. Though he did squeeze in one contested catch to DJ Chark on the sideline. Uh, the only knock on Young in his first game was just his inability to complete on third down, so all of his drive died. He just kind of died on third downs time and time again. Got sacked a couple times, but also threw some pretty bad passes on third down. It was good, though, actually, to see him get sacked a few times and knocked to the ground a few times on other passes. Uh, seeing that he could take a beating uh, for his size, you know, was good. Uh, he didn't extend plays like he often did in college, but I think that's going to come. Pretty much, it seemed like the game plan was just to give him short passes, keep him comfortable, and he did pretty well in his first game. So Young may not have the best career of all these quarterbacks in this class, uh, but he's definitely going to have the fastest start to his career and to his fantasy production. I believe that for him. Next was a little bit of a surprise, though. Sean Clifford uh, for the Packers. Sean Clifford, uh, he, you know, did, you know, must be said from the start that he threw two interceptions. The first one was completely didn't see the defender, and it turned into a pick six, 100% his fault. The second one, though, was a contested catch where the receiver could have fought a little bit harder to catch the ball or at least keep the defender from securing it on the interception. Still, he threw two interceptions, but he led the Packers to a comeback win, and uh, take away the two interceptions, and he was 20 for 24. So super high completion percentage, 208 yards, and a touchdown. What impressed me most, though, was his command of the offense, his fearlessness, and his accuracy. He threw a couple big boy passes, that you know, NFL type of passes, hitting receivers between defenders in perfect stride while they were running their routes. Um, I would, you know, I would be concerned about his position, you know, if Jordan Love looked bad, but he actually looked pretty good in his uh, drive, too. So Love played well. However, you know, nothing, you know, there's probably nothing to fear right now for Clifford. Still, Clifford's a player that I'm going to add in all my Superflex rosters this week. I, you know, bought him as my final pick for $0 in a rookie auction draft that I had. Yeah, that's a 14-team Superflex league, so I'm really happy to have him in that one. In my other Superflex leagues, I'm going to try to add him this week. I want to see what happens in these next few preseason games because he looked really good and surprised me even though, you know, lots of people talked down about him and he didn't have that great of a college career. You know, something to keep an eye on. I was super impressed, and that was by far the most fun uh, preseason game that I watched so far this week. Uh, That was a fun shootout between Green Bay and Cincinnati. One more quarterback to talk about, Kenny Pickett. You know, Pickett can give all the rookie quarterbacks that I just mentioned a little bit of hope because he improved steadily throughout his rookie season last year, and then he played great in his first preseason game of his second year. Uh, led the team on an 83-yard touchdown drive in his first possession. Uh, hit the target hog, De- target hog uh, Deontay Johnson, three times on the, in the drive before connecting with fellow second-year man uh, George Pickens for a 33-yard touchdown over the middle. 
Now, that was all we saw of Pickett, but it was enough for me to make me, make me believe that the Steeler offense is going to be way more productive this season than they were last year, which is a pretty down year for them overall. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren should be noted that they rotated in and out on the first drive when they were playing with the first-team offense. So that, you know, something that beat reporters had been suggesting would happen, uh, that happened in this first preseason game. Not sure if that means it's going to happen for sure in the, in the regular season, but they rotated a lot. So I would say Harris is maybe the only player who might not exceed production, uh, his you know expected production fantasy-wise with the Steelers because of Warren's influence. But other than that, I think every offensive player on the Steelers should, should really see their fantasy value uh, go up this season because Kenny Pickett's playing better, which means the entire offense is going to play better. Couple of running backs to talk about now from this first preseason. Uh, Pierre Strong. Uh, the Patriots have yet to bring in a veteran back, though they're still looking. It seems pretty obvious that they're looking. Still, uh, Strong outplayed Kevin Harris, you know, uh, in the first preseason game, confirming my hopes that Strong is going to be the RB2 and will actually be a pretty significant part of the offense this year. He didn't do anything significant in the game, but he was decisive on his carries. He was involved in the passing game, receiving three targets, two catches. Uh, Harris. You know, uh, may have had, you know, carries later in the game. So, you know, maybe it was more replacement linemen that were ahead of him. But even so, he only had eight carries and 10 yards on those eight carries. So he looked pretty bad. Could be offensive line play, but still, Strong just looked way better. He looked like the more explosive back and was better in the passing game. And I'm growing in my confidence that he's going to be the RB2, uh, which has been my bet throughout the offseason since I have him in three of my leagues and I traded for him in one league during the rookie draft this last year. Still hopeful that Pierre Strong's in a role, role there as the RB2. Next would uh, be Jack, Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet uh, returned from his, quote, you know, indefinite injury uh, straight to practicing and then straight to playing in the Seahawks' first preseason game. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, he didn't do anything fantastic, but he looked the part of a starter in his first preseason game uh, the, while running with the second-team offense. Uh, he had, you know, a few powerful runs, had two great catches, and he finished one run by by you know running over the defender at, with his quote injured shoulder just rammed in with his injured shoulder uh, if you if you followed my work long, for very long you know that I believe in Charbonnet that he's going to become the Seahawks passing downs back and short yardage back that's why I drafted him twice in the rookie drafts and I traded for him just this last week traded away a first and a second round pick for him and Elijah Moore so I got Charbonnet and Elijah Moore for a first and second round pick I put my money where my, my mouth is on Charbonnet if Kenneth Walker's injury continues to linger, uh, his role is going to even increase more significantly than I anticipated. I still think he's going to have a prominent role, even if Walker's healthy. But man, if he's not, Charbonnet's uh, value is going to go nuts. Speaking of another one of my guys that I love, Khalil Herbert. As expected, Herbert was the starting running back on all possessions with Justin Fields as the quarterback. So he was running with the first team. Uh, had a few modest runs and one ridiculous 55-yard touchdown reception where he showed his decent speed, but more so his exceptional balance on the sideline, refusing to get pushed out of bounds, refusing to be tackled. It was so fun to watch him. Uh, Deontay Foreman did not do much when he came in. Roshan Johnson looked good, you know, for rookie mop-up duty late in the game with the third, you know, third team guys. Uh, but this preseason game, uh, he didn't do much to convince me that he's going to take over Herbert's job. Uh, he's not going to lose it. Uh, both my Longhorns are going to sit behind Herbert, and I think. You know, at the end of last season, I traded a second-round pick for Herbert, convinced that the Bears would make him their lead back after they let uh, David Montgomery go in free agency, and they did just what I thought. That's what they did. So I got him for a second-round pick. Additionally, 
uh, I, during a rookie draft this year, I traded Brandon Cooks for Herbert and Pierre Strong. So Herbert's a big part of my plans uh, on a few of my dynasty teams, and I think he's going to be a big part of the Bears' plans this next year. Looked awesome on that one play. Excited for Herbert, who it was running with the first team. Next, though, a little bit of a negative news, in my opinion. Uh, Devon A-Chain. A-Chain was involved a lot with the first, you know, in his first preseason game, but he could have really done a lot more to impress. He did well in the passing game, you know, 41 yards and four catches, but he didn't do much in the running game. Uh, 10 carries for just 25 yards. They tried to feed him a few times on the goal line, but he couldn't score. And Miles Gaskin, when you just saw the two of them together, Miles Gaskin looked far, like a far better player in the running game, you know, and he was, you know, running third, third stream back. He's Gaskin's, you know, behind Mostert and Wilson and H.A., and I don't know where he fits in here. This performance was about what I expected from a small frame rookie running back. I don't think that he has a side for size for a lead role in the, in the NFL. Now, Mike McDaniel, you know, he's going to do his best to get A-Chain involved in the offense as an offensive weapon. I think he can do that, but I just don't think he's an actual running back uh, from the traditional standpoint. So I think he will. <clears throat> A-Chain's going to help, you know, the team with big plays, but I don't think that he's going to help the team or fantasy teams, you know, creating a reliable floor from week to week. He's just going to kind of be a boom-bust player. A-Chain, you know, could prove me wrong. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that believe him, but I was just not interested in having him on any of my dynasty rosters. His first preseason game made me even more confident in my take, even though it's just one game for sure. I'm just glad that I drafted Charbonneau or Charbonnet in every draft where I had the two of them were still on the board. Those were the two players that were kind of going together, Charbonnet or A-Chain, and I was happy that I picked Charbonnet every time that that happened for me. A couple more running backs, uh, Ty Chandler. Uh, man, I talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast that I still believe that Ty Chandler is going to be the RB2 in Minnesota, even though uh, Kenny Nwangu was receiving a lot of training camp hype. But Chandler looked fantastic. He has the lead back, you know, running with the second team offense, racking up 70 yards in the running game, the passing game on 15 touches. Coaches praised his efforts after the game. And Chandler's dynasty value, it really stands room to grow significantly. I'm eager to see more of the preseason games to see how he actually stacks up compared to Alexander Madison. I think they could, you know, really compete for time with one another. Uh, Chandler was on the waiver wire one of my rookie drafts this last season, and I debated with the last pick of the draft whether I'd draft uh, Tyler Scott, whom you've heard me talk about, as one of my most drafted, I think the most drafted player that I had this last year. In the fourth round of a draft, I picked Tyler Scott instead of Chandler in that one league where he was still available on the waiver wire. And after watching this game, I was like, hmm, maybe in this one case, I wish that I had Chandler on my roster instead of uh, Tyler Scott. I think he's going to have a significant part of the Minnesota offense if he plays as well as he did in this first preseason game. One more running back, uh, Tajay Spears. Any hope that Hassan Haskin managers, you know, held on to uh, die you know, of him being, you know, the RB2, they died after seeing the difference between these two backs in this first preseason games. It was pretty obvious which was better. Spears looked explosive and quick, while Haskin, again, like he looked last year, slow and plodding. Spears was swift, decisive in his carries, hitting holes, averaging more than five yards per carry. Haskin averaged two yards per carry. Uh, if this is, you know, the finally the year that Derrick Henry falls off a cliff, Spears is going to be the benefactor for sure. I actually thought, you know, going into the season that Haskins could be the more clear, you know, one-to-one -one handcuff for Spears. But uh, I just was wrong on that. I thought that maybe he would be the passing downs back and that uh, that... Spears would be the passing down back, and Haskins would be the one-for-one one handcuff. But I'm willing to admit it. I was wrong. I passed on Spears in every rookie draft this year. 
drafting guys like uh, Michael Mayer, uh, Jaden Reed, Josh Downs ahead of Spears. Now, I'm going to be honest. I wish that I had a share or two of Spears instead. He looked the part of an NFL running back. I knocked him for being a small school guy, and after his physical revealed that he didn't have an intact ACL, that's a problem, <laughs> but sometimes my process needs to be corrected, and I'm willing to admit that I missed on Spears, who looked fantastic in his first preseason game. Two more guys to talk about. We'll finally hit up one receiver. That'd be Tank Dell. Uh, I think this was the most exciting player in the preseason week one. It was Tank Dell. Uh, he was the star of the game with five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. He looked good enough, uh, but but he could have had an even better game had he been hit on stride on a couple cast, uh, passes where he was just missed, and he was wide open on several plays too where he just quarterbacks looked elsewhere. Uh, wide receiver film guru, gurus posted many videos uh, after the game showing how Dell you know, just put defensive black backs uh, one one guy put quote in a blender with his routes and he absolutely did uh, a few weeks ago i talked on the podcast about how dell was the player in the houston wide receiver group wide receiver battle that i was most hopeful for well after week one it looks like i'm right i'm thrilled to be uh, have my two shares of dell and i'm eager to see how high he rises now in rookie rankings i've got one more rookie draft my freak league my old original gangster league <laughs> that we don't draft until Labor Day weekend, so it's going to be a blast. I think Tank Dell is going to be one of the fastest risers in rookie drafts if you still have some taking place. Finally, one more note from a tight end front. I'll talk about Adam Troutman and Greg Dulcich. Uh, Adam Troutman ran with the first team offense and had two catches while Greg Dulcich only played on passing downs. Sean Payton's comments about Dulcich throughout this offseason have been back and forth and back and forth causing Dolce's fantasy stock to kind of fluctuate up and down a little bit. In his first preseason game, if there's any indication, his stock is falling, while Troutman's stock actually rebounds. Uh, Troutman was one of my favorite late-round picks uh, late round picks of mine in the 2020 class. Uh, Peyton drafted him in New Orleans and was quickly to add him to the Broncos once he took over that coaching job. Troutman, you know, was listed as the starting tight end in the Broncos, you know, first released depth chart, not that it means a whole lot, but after watching the preseason game, that does mean a lot to me. The first team ran a lot of plays together, and Troutman was definitely the one that was out there. He's going to be my most added player on the waiver wire this week. I'm going to try to add him in almost all of my leagues because I think he's the starting tight end. And sadly, Dulcich, one of the players that I like the most that I've got on a couple of my teams, um, man, stock is going down on Dulcich, which makes me pretty sad. But I've got to be honest uh, when that's the reality or when I was wrong. So... Those are my takes. You hear it. I'll admit it when I'm wrong. I will boast when I'm right. <laughs> and so see a little bit of both with this first week of preseason, some of the players that I had hopes in. All right, we're going to keep doing this next week and the following week, talking about these preseason games as we head up to the draft. Hope that you'll continue to listen. I do appreciate uh, your support. Super fun time to be a Dynasty Freak and watch these preseason games. Can't wait to get back to watching the rest of them that I missed. While I was doing my reality sports online draft. I'm going to get watching those today, in fact. All right, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so email's the best way to contact me, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Again, I'd, I'd be honored if you take time and rate and review the podcast. Please do so. That would mean a lot to me. I am your independent podcaster, so thanks. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. 
Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.